I was fired up. Great confessions before this, so it's always good for a priest to hear good confessions. I'm so great to see the mercy of the Lord at work. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was sharing this with the peer ministers. I did something that required great courage and boldness. I went on a certain news site that starts with, that has three letters. Starts with C and ends with N. So I went on their news site and it took great courage because I jumped on the news site and after a while, I was in a good place spiritually. After a while, I started laughing because if you thought that what was going on in that news site was all that was going on in the world, you should just drive off a cliff because it was absolute disaster. I mean, there was three, it was a three-pronged attack. It was like the world is ending because of the pandemic, right? Our nation is ending because of uh, our politics and the world is also ending because of climate change, right? So like there's no hope, like there's nothing we can do. It's all horrible, disaster, whatnot. And then I scrolled down and then at the bottom it was like, we tried 43 different types of airline pillows, and this is the one you should buy for $40, right? And I'm like, this is so funny. What a crazy world we live in. Are there problems in the world? Yeah, there are problems in the world, okay? But we have become a culture that is obsessed with despair, and that is not the way of the gospel. Jesus is alive and real, and he is at work, okay? Now, what do you do as a young person in the midst of a world like that that is so obsessed with despair and, and the darkness that's all around us at all times, it seems to be? Well, it's good to heed Bishop Vetter, right? Father Bart quoted him, and he said this numerous times in the last few months. You are the solution to the problems of this era, right? You are the solution. Or properly stated, we are the solution. But then you're like, well, what can I do about all that? Well, first, don't go on that website, okay? But second, this. Pay attention to this gospel. Jesus summoned the 12 and gave them power and authority to do what? To do his work. That Jesus wants to draw us into his work. That, you know, as I love this prayer of the Mass, through him, with him, and in him, he really means that that he wants to draw us into his life so that we live through him and with him and in him. And that we are about his work on earth. Now, why did God want that? Well, you gotta ask him because God can do anything. But God chose and he chose well and wisely to include us in the work. We are not passive observers, but rather active participants who are meant to be drawn in to his life and to extend that life in the world through our lives because that's how we were created. We were created in the image and likeness of a God who is active and not passive. A God who is at work. A God who wants to change realities. And if we have the spiritual wisdom to pay attention to that, and if we have the spiritual sense to dispose ourselves to the grace, then we know who we are. We'll have a great and beautiful mission, and we will be empowered with the, the grace and the gift that Jesus gives to those who follow him. Then, no despair, 
but hope. Even as the world seems to lose its mind and fall apart, we shine as bright lights, as St. Paul says, in the midst of a dark and depraved generation. And we're meant to shine that light, not just for ourselves. If you're here just for yourself tonight, you need to check that attitude. We're here for more than ourselves. We're here to be drawn into the heart of the Lord so that we can live through him and with him and in him. And then we're sent out into the world to extend the gift that we've been given, the gift of hope in Jesus Christ, the gift of life in Jesus Christ, the gift of a purpose and a mission that enlivens and and frees our hearts. We're meant to bring that into the world and share that with people who don't believe that there's a purpose, who are giving up and despairing, who can only see disaster all around them and not light and grace and joy. Jesus does it in a certain way with the apostles though. And here's a key for us tonight. When he sends them, he has some conditions. He says, take nothing for the journey neither walking stick nor sack nor food nor money, and let no one take a second tunic. Now mind you, these are essentials for a journey, especially in that time. And he says, don't worry about any of it. Don't take any of it. Because he's teaching them, and then through this gospel teaching us a very crucial lesson. We don't rely on ourselves We don't rely on ourselves, but rather we rely on God's providential care. And the thing about that is we only learn how to rely on God's providential care if we've left behind all our self-reliance. That's why Bishop Vedder's right when he says, you're the solution to the problems of this age. If, and I would say it's a big if, if you can realize that you're not being asked to do this alone, that you don't have to rely on yourselves, but rather the God who sends you, who has first called you to himself, but then who sends you into the world is with you and that he's at work, that he's active, that he knows what he's about. And so through him and with him and in him, we rely on him. And then he opens up all these graces, all these gifts, all these things that we did not provide for ourselves. What it takes, my friends, is great trust and great courage. Two things that are sorely lacking in our culture in this era. But two things that I see in your hearts. Why are you here on a Wednesday night? Because something has stirred you to say, I want to be close to God. I know he's important. And maybe, just maybe, I can trust my life to him. Trust. We have to pray each day to remain rooted and grounded in trust. And the only way we grow in trust is by trusting. So we let the Lord lead us. We let him even strip us away from the things that we rely on, that we depend on for ourselves. And we say, I can't be self-reliant here. I have to learn to trust. So Jesus, teach me how to trust. And then he gives us an opportunity to trust. And then we learn to trust by trusting him in that opportunity, in the concrete realities of your life. 
So trust. And then courage. It takes great courage in this day and age to say, I stand with Christ. And I don't believe the world is an awful place. Our country is an awful place. Of course there's problems. There's always been problems. I don't know what we think. Why did we think that this is the first time we've ever had problems in humanity? No, there's always been problems. And truth be told, my friends, because you're young and you haven't lived very long, truth be told, there are way worse problems that we've made it through than this. We just need to know that. And we can with our Lord. It takes courage, though. You got to be courageous. You got to stand for something. You can't just blow this way and that way. But rather, you stand for something. You say, I stand here with the Lord. This is who I am. This is who I want to be. This is what I want to be about. And when we stand with him with trust and with courage, then his light shines brightly and we heal the culture. St. John Paul II, in 2005, this is a quote on the back of these holy cards where he talked about Carroll College. He said, the church needs saints. He was talking to young people. The church needs saints. All are called to holiness, and holy people alone can renew humanity. That's what Bishop Better means when he says, you are the solution to the problems of this era, of this age. Holy people alone can renew humanity. So, my friends, you've made a great choice in coming here to pray tonight. Let's ask for the grace to trust our Lord more, to be more courageous, and to let him equip us and then send us to be his saints in the world because holy people alone can renew humanity.